is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And I called this one Select Topics in CT, February 2010. And actually, this is going to be on appendicitis. And um, I put this hook together, and what made me uh, focus on this area was a recent article published in this month's Radiology looking at the use of CT and appendicitis. And these days, there are so many negative articles about CT, people tend to forget the importance of CT in terms of patient management. And the question in this thing was, does using CT more frequently result in fewer negative appendectomies? Remember, in the old days prior to CT, negative appendectomies would occur in about 25-30% of patients. And in this article, it said that as preoperative CT use increased, the negative appendectomy rate in the women 45 years of age and younger decreased from 42.9% to 7.1%. And... Um, you know, that's a very important point because remember we always speak about not doing CT scans in younger patients or being careful uh, to maybe do ultrasound and then CT is necessary. And there was an article I think by Brooke Jeffrey a couple of years back that made the point that the most negative appendectomies were in younger women who typically did not get a CT scan. So this article really makes that point very clearly. They also made the point the percentage of patients undergoing CT prior to appendectomy increased from 18 or so percent in 98 to 10 years later, 94%. Now, there's no doubt that patients who have obvious appendicitis do not need a CT scan. They need surgery. But there are many cases, obviously, when it's not really clear, is there appendicitis? Is there something else going on? And CT is just so good. And you can see uh, it's obviously become the standard of care for surgery. And Corsi does comment, we believe our study, along with prior studies, supports the use of preoperative CT particularly in the evaluation of women of reproductive age suspected of having appendicitis. It was interesting, in their article, they did show that the, uh, there was no change for men of any age or women older than 50, 45, uh, and that was because, of course, those patients were more commonly getting CT scans already, so it didn't really change much. But once you started doing it in women under age 45, you really affected their management. Now, this is a very important point because when you look at um, what uh, standards are, article by Jacobs a couple years ago making the point that mortality and morbidity rates for removal of a normal appendix were 0.14 and 4.6%, but increased to 0.24 and 6.1% for acute appendicitis and 1.7 and 19% for perforated appendicitis. So you recognize that if you do take out an appendix and it was normal, um, it's a very low morbidity rate, thank God, but there's not an insignificant mortality rate. So you don't want to be operating on patients. And not to mention that long-term it could result in all sorts of complications, such as adhesions and the like. Now, of course, you don't want to miss appendicitis because if you had an abscess, then you have a very high morbidity, 19%. So again, CT is so good. Again, when you look at the risk-reward, obviously it favors CT. And when you look at that same article by Jacobs, the current accepted negative lap rate is 10 to 15%, but negative lap rates can be much higher in women of childbearing age. And again, that same uh, uh, concept. If you look now and you speak to surgeons in terms of negative lap rates with CT being used so frequently, they talk about 2 to 5%, and many of them can't remember a negative uh, uh, appendix uh, you know, uh, being removed. So again... Um, the importance of using CT in this area. Now, I was looking around also seeing if there was anything else written that I hadn't read, and uh, here's a good article. How does computer tomography change the management of acute appendicitis? And this article was in the surgical literature, 
And if you look carefully at the top slide, um, it showed, and the question really was asked, does CT change management? Or just you know, reinforcing what people already know? And they made the point that in patients who are highly suspicious for appendicitis, CT didn't add much because the surgeons can make the diagnosis well in that regard. But in patients who it was uncertain or indeterminate, CT frequently changed management. So in indeterminate cases, surely CT is the way to go because when you look at the numbers in this case, low negative appendectomy me rate, um, again, these uh, patients who are indeterminate, CT made a massive difference. So a very good point uh, taken, and this article is very helpful, and a good article to quote and a good article to remember. Now, some other articles have been published over the years, and I'll just go back over a couple things that I think maybe are worthwhile since we are talking about appendicitis. And this article by Doria was a meta-analysis looking at uh, 26 studies uh, in children, 31 studies in adults, and total over 13,000 participants, and made the point from a diagnostic perspective, CT had a higher sensitivity, significantly higher than ultrasound in studies of children and adults, Again, making the point that one needs to consider the safety perspective regarding radiation, and perhaps in younger patients, ultrasound should be first. If ultrasound is indeterminate, then go to CT. When you look at some of the numbers, pooled sensitivity and specificity for diagnosis of appendicitis in children were 88 and 94 percent, respectively, for ultrasound, and 94 and 95 percent for CT, and the numbers were, in fact, even better for adults. So when you look at the current role of CT in appendicitis, I think we all know the facts. CT, high sensitivity, high specificity, both to diagnose appendicitis and to exclude appendicitis. In cases where you exclude appendicitis, of course, it's really, really good for finding the alternative diagnosis. And just a few things to remind you of, the classic things with appendicitis, dilated fluid-filled appendix, Typically, we would say under 8 millimeters, but now we see often appendixes up to 1 centimeter and still could be normal. But again, it's the hyper-enhancement, it's thickening, it's stranding around the appendix. Obviously, uh, the presence of an appendolith makes you more concerned, but doesn't mean the patient has appendicitis. And of course, the amount of inflammation we can see can be very minimal to a large abscess. Of course, if not diagnosed early, complications of appendicitis or perforation, abscess, can present with bowel obstruction, can lead to mesenteric vein thrombosis, organoidal vein thrombosis, and of course peritonitis. Uh, a few facts, uh, perforation is more common in patients with appendolis, as appendolis seem to increase the probability of perforation, and periappendiceal abscess is most frequent complication of perforation, and peritonitis occurs in younger patients often because the diagnosis is indeed delayed. I mentioned some of these other complications from septic seeding of the mesenteric vessels resulting in thrombosis, and this article by Leite a couple years ago indeed went through these uh, very nicely. Now, of course, appendicitis is easy and difficult because there's so many mimics from mesenteric adenitis to infectious enterocolitis to appendix epiploica to a mental infarction, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, Meckel's, intussusception, you name it. And those are just the GI mimics. And we know the non-GI mimics from PID to stone disease, rectus hematoma to psoas abscess. So there are many things, and CT is just really good at that. Now, in talking about CT, let me also make the point about how we look at CT. Typically, classically, axial images only. But now a number of articles have spoken about the importance of looking at multiplanar reconstruction. 
There was an article by Yag Hama. Sensitivity for diagnosing appendicitis based on coronal images alone was 96%. 100% specificity, accuracy 98%. Coronal reformations decreased the number of images by 19%. And CT diagnosis, he concluded, based on coronal images is accurate. Now, of course, we would not recommend looking only at the uh, axial, at the coronal images. We look at everything. But the point being, when you look at both, uh, you really have a very high accuracy. And it's been shown, another article, in pediatric patients with suspected appendicitis, addition of coronal reformatted images increases confidence in the diagnosis or exclusion of acute appendicitis. So again, some cases so obvious, doesn't matter. Five, 10 millimeter thick sections, you make the answer. But those, those very subtle cases need all the help you can get. And uh, coronal imaging is indeed very important. And you know, Kim made the point, improved confidence in visualizing appendiceal and periappendiceal findings eventually resulted in increased confidence in diagnosing appendicitis. Now, another thing about technique, and I'll just mention this briefly, was an article by Johnson this past year talking about how to look at the appendix and the importance of thinner sections. While in the past we might have done five by five, using thinner sections really does uh, help. Uh, it surely helps if you're doing coronals because the quality of the images, of course, is better at thinner sections. Surely by twos we be better than by fives. Uh, but ideally, in fact, with good networks, two by one would be ideal for reconstructions, but it also gives you the most confidence in making the diagnosis. So again, technique, you can't get around technique. Thin sections is ideal. Very much gets into that same concept of pulmonary embolism. What else? Well, let me just show you some examples. Nice, simple cases, appendicitis, classic case. Thicken, dilated appendix, hyperenhancement. Don't confuse the appendix with the terminal ileum. There's stranding, inflammation, acute appendicitis. And here's two more views of that case, very classic. Another example, dilated appendix, stranding, early appendicitis. The amount of inflammation will indeed vary. Here is relatively minimal, but big appendix, dilated, home run diagnosis. Another case, here you can see a lot more inflammation. So it depends when the patients present. There are articles, can you always tell perforated appendix from non-perforated? Uh, it can be very difficult, uh, and the CT is not perfect at doing that. Another example where you can see a very faint appendicolith within the dilated appendix, and you see the appendix is the size of small bowel in this case, and I've seen cases missed because people uh, misinterpret things as Crohn's disease. Another example. Now, I mentioned a moment ago mimics of appendicitis. Here's a patient without appendicitis. There's lots of inflammation, but as you follow it down, what you can see is a rectus hematoma. Right lower quadrant pain, palpable mass. You think there's an abscess. Patient can be on Coumadin. Patient could have been punched. There are a number of different reasons. Another case. Look at these images. Appendicitis seems very reasonable, but when you look at all the images, you look at the coronals especially, Beautiful example of acute right-sided diverticulitis, inflamed colon, inflamed stranding around the colon, very, very nicely shown in this regard. Classic, classic, classic uh, for right-sided diverticulitis. And again, history, presentation, you were thinking appendicitis. Or this case, again, bowel obstruction, abdominal pain, right lower quadrant, appendicitis was in the top differential. But look at the patient's distal small bowel. It's hyperemic. It's enhancing. It's thickened. Prominent vasorecta. Another set of images. 
This is basically classic for Crohn's disease. And again, presentations are the same. A uh, number of articles have been written that basically make the point that appendicitis, going into rule out appendicitis, was often the first time it was discovered the patient had Crohn's disease. CT, make the diagnosis without operating. And then I mentioned non-bowel pathologies, flank pain, acute pyelonephritis, back pain, contract downward. Nice example here. Good reason to explain why a CT with contrast is really good in the patient with appendicitis. A, you see the appendix better, you see its enhancement, but also other areas like focal polynephritis, which might be missed on a non-contrast CT. Or this next case, look at the patient's uh, dilated right renal pelvis and you follow it down a little bit and you see the stone in the patient's mid ureter, very nicely shown, the dilated ureter, and here's some delayed scans. Very nice example. Okay, that's the patient's pain. It wasn't appendicitis. Or this example where the patient has contrast extravasation. Obstructed ureter, it's a safety phenomena, but the, the calyces rupture, fornix can rupture, you have this extravasation. Very impressive CT scan, uh, but the patients are managed conservatively. Hopefully that stone will indeed pass. Now sometimes it's tricky. Look at this case. A very markedly dilated appendix, and that's really a dilated appendix. But there is a soft tissue mass, and you have to worry, could the patient have a carcinoid or appendiceal carcinoma? This was actually a sequel cancer. So sometimes colon cancers can present as appendicitis when it's obstructing the appendix. And in this case, this would be very important to recognize because most appendixes these days, appendectomies are done laparoscopically. You would not want to do this patient laparoscopically. Also, CT, we mentioned, is good at showing abscesses. Uh, with abscesses, as in this case, surgeons may not operate right away. They may put a drain in. If they operate, they're not going to do it with, lap with a laparoscope. They're going to do it open. So again, the spectrum becomes very critical. And I'll just show you this case just to make the point about the appendix, inflamed, and the use of coronal imaging. And again, very nicely seen here, the appendix hanging down off the cecum. Very nice visualization. I mentioned before about appendicoliths, that those patients more likely can perforate. And here's a nice example of an appendolith with perforation. So very, very nicely shown there. Now, I'm not going to spend much time about contrast, but just to make the point, this was a recent article published, and literally it was uh, in November in AJR, looking for suspected appendicitis. How do you do the study? Well, you know, over the years there are many different techniques giving no contrast at all, giving IV only, giving oral only, giving oral and IV, giving rectal only, giving rectal, oral and IV, any combination. Each of the techniques works very well, but in this article, they made the point that giving IV contrast alone had the same accuracy. Now, the nice thing about giving IV contrast only is the speed. You're in the ER setting, give IV contrast, the patient's done. If you give oral and you wait for oral to get down to the cecum, you're waiting two to three hours, and the ER docs don't want to wait, the surgeons don't want to wait. So the conclusion from that article is patients presenting with non-traumatic abdominal pain imaged using 64-MDCT with isotropic reformations had similar characteristics for diagnosis of appendicitis when IV contrast material alone was used and when oral and IV contrast media were used. So again, making the point that we can do things a whole lot simpler, a whole lot easier, and a whole lot faster. But this article makes three good points. One, you need to have IV, 100% agree. Two, you don't need oral, 100% agree. Three, you can, you can streamline things, 100% agree. 
And four, if you do this, you need to have reformations. So thin sections makes life easier. You see the appendix better. You see everything better. So hopefully that brings you up to date on appendicitis. Some recent thoughts, some recent comments, making the point that CT is excellent in appendicitis, but is also cost-effective and patient-effective. If you don't use CT as a routine part of your practice, you can see from that first article that uh, patients go to surgery unnecessarily, and when CT is used more frequently, that's not the case. And again, the typical quote these days is 5% or less for negative appendectomies. And with that, I'll stop there, and hopefully you found this talk helpful. Thanks a lot.